over there. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here. Like we've said before, we're, we're a church of wide open arms, and we're just glad that you've decided to spend this time uh, with us this morning. Uh, also, I would like to meet you. Uh, you know, every Sunday there's a problem because I, I, I'm talking to everybody, but I, I want to meet the people who've been, who are, are here for the first time. And so we actually have a guest lounge, which is a, um, a living room area. And so if you come out this door, you make a right, you're going to see it. If you come out that door, you're going to make a left, you're going to see it. I promise you, it's not going to take 35 minutes. I just want to get your name and see if there's anything that we can do for you. So if this church is new to you, I'm going to meet you uh, right there after uh, I get done preaching. I'm going to go over there and I'll meet you there. And if, and if somebody brought you, I'm not. I'm going to ask that person that brought you to take them over and so I can just, uh, just meet you and, uh, and get to, to see your face and ask you if there's anything that you need. Um, also, just a reminder, I mean, we're, if you come to church every Sunday, feel free to invite your friends. Feel free to invite your neighbors. If this uh, service is helpful to you in any way, why not invite a friend, okay? Sound good? You guys here? Yes? You guys ready? Oh, man. I don't know if you're ready or not. I wasn't ready, but this, this message, uh, it challenges me. It's going to challenge you. I know it's going to challenge you, but I think that's part of what the Word of God does. And so John 6.35, John 6.35, uh, our worship team read some of these verses, but I'm just going to read this one verse, and we're going to unpack the whole section as we go along. And so John chapter 6, verse 35 says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so today we're starting a brand new series, and this series is called I Am. And this series is not about you, it's not about finding your purpose, it's not I am great. No, these are the seven I am's of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of John. But the interesting thing is, even though this series isn't particularly about you, when we discover who Jesus is, and we discover who Jesus says by himself to be, then we're going to be able to discover also who we are in Christ. And so we're going to be talking about the seven I am's of Jesus. And today we're going to start off with the first I am that we're going to talk about. It's I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Have you ever been hungry? Are you hungry right now? I just planted a seed, right? Oh, you're thinking about where am I going to go to lunch? Uh, in and out, who knows? Somewhere, we'll go somewhere. But, but have you ever been hungry? You know, it's all perspective, right? Because my kids say, Dad, I'm starving. You ate four hours ago. You're not starving. It's like looking at, it's like, it's like you know, sometimes, you know, people will say, I have nothing to wear, and they're looking into a closet full of clothes, right? It's like, no, you do. You have plenty to wear, right? So it's all, it's all perspective. But the question that I want to ask you is, um, how long have you gone without eating? Have you ever felt the hunger pains of not eating? What's been the longest that you've gone without eating? I did, I did 48 hours once. Yeah? 48? 48? Okay. So 48, it was a fast. It was a 48-hour uh, fast, and I was hungry. Like, I, was, I was really hungry. And so the interesting thing about, about hunger and about thirst is that um, wouldn't it be great if we could just, like, drink water and then be good for a week or just have some food and then you're, like, good for the rest of the month, Right? Uh, like camels, I was just reading about this this week, camels can, can, can uh, spend uh, 250 days without water in the desert. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Like, you don't have to worry about food, you don't have to worry about water. That'd be kind of cool. No? Maybe? I don't know. I think it would be great. Others are like, no, I love to eat. Like, I, I got to eat all the time. But it's, it's true. It'd be cool to kind of like just, you know, uh, be able to get that all taken care of 
in one, in one fell swoop. But, um, so we depend on things that we have to go back to over and over again. Like we drink water and then we're going to be thirsty. We eat bread and then we're going to be hungry, right? You take a breath and then you got to take another one like almost right away, you know? And so there's this principle that Jesus is talking about. He's talking, but he uses the, the example of bread. And the reason why he, he talks about bread is because when you eat, you're not, you're not just going to eat and then you're good for the rest of the, of the week, right, or for the rest of the year. You've got to go back to food over and over again. And so Jesus is making a, a parallel between bread, between food, and he's talking about life. You see, he's talking about the, the, this, this whole idea of that there's, there's food that we eat, and then we eat that food, and then we're going to go be hungry in a little while. And he's saying that the world is the same way. Like there are things that the world offer us that promise that are going to fulfill us. But then you have to keep going back to those things over and over again. And so Jesus is talking about his identity. And he's talking about the fact that he is, he is the bread of life. Like he, he's going to, if, if, if you partake of, of Jesus... You will never go hungry again. And so I want to give you just a little bit of context um, in the story that we've been looking at. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. Fed 5,000. I mean, imagine that. He, he made food come out of thin air. Can you imagine, like, experiencing something like that? Like, how would you react if you saw this miracle? What would your reaction be? What would you be thinking? How would you feel? Um, so he does this miracle. He feeds the 5,000. They're done with that. It's a huge miracle. Everyone's impressed. They couldn't believe it, what, they, what they just saw. And then, and then um, the disciples cross the Capernaum Lake. They go to the other side. And uh, the people who had just been fed, they stayed behind. Um, and they realized that Jesus had also stayed behind. And, but then they're looking for Jesus, and they can't find Jesus. And so they go to the other side, and then they realize that Jesus is there. Like somehow he got to the other side. Well, the story tells us what happened, but the people who had seen the miracle of the 5,000 didn't realize that Jesus had just walked over. He's like, I'm just, you know what? They left. I'm just going to walk on the water, just make it to the other side. Like, they, like it was nothing. But the interesting thing is when Jesus gets to the other side, this is John chapter 6, verse 25, it says when these, when these uh, people that had just seen this miracle saw Jesus, verse, uh, uh, John, six, uh, John 6, verse 25, it says this. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him this. Listen, Rabbi, when did you get here? So they had seen him, right? They had seen him stay behind. They hadn't seen him cross. Um, it was strange to them that they saw him on the other side. They didn't know how he got to the other side. The disciples did. Um, but this question, Rabbi, when did you get here, seemed to annoy Jesus. That's very interesting. It's like Jesus was, was seeing these people. That he, so he just did this miracle with all these people. He was on the other side. These people show up. And then they say, Rabbi, how did you get here? And Jesus was somehow annoyed by this question. The reason why I think he was a little bit annoyed by this question is because he was wondering, why are you here? Like, you just saw this miracle. You, you're following me, right? You, you came all the way over here after seeing this miracle. You're here. You're asking me, Rabbi, how did you get here? And Jesus' re reaction is, why are you here? Like, why did you make it all the way to this space? Verse 26, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. He's saying, why are you here, guys? Why, why, why? 
And he tells them, I tell you why you're here. You're here for that bread. You're not here because of me. You're not here because of the bread. I mean, you're not here because of me. You, the reason why you're here is because of what I did for you. And you want more of what I gave you. And then he continues, verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils. So it's interesting because for them, that was a weird thing to say. Because for us, we've got food that spoils and we have food that doesn't spoil, right? We've got non-perishables. But back then, every, all food spoiled. So they're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? And what he means is, like food that spoils, most things in life spoil. Our careers, our house, cars, possessions, food, all of, all of our pursuits aren't necessarily bad things, but they all have an expiration date on them. And so Jesus is saying, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So th this, this to the people that were listening to this, this made no sense to them. So basically they just blew off the analogy because they weren't following it. And then they went to the obvious question, which is the question that we always tend to ask ourselves and we tend to ask Jesus, which is this. Verse 28, they asked him, what must we do to do the work that God requires? So basically they're saying, I don't understand this whole bread of life thing, this eternal life stuff. Just tell us what we need to do. Just tell us what the work requires. Like we'll do ABC, just give us a checklist. Tell, tell us what to do, give us a checklist, give us a job description. We'll do these things and then we'll be able to be good with God. Just tell us what these things are. Some of us ask that question every day. We go back to this transaction mentality with Jesus. Like, hey, I'll do ABC, and then you do ABC for me. Jesus answers this. The work of God is this. This is the work of God. To believe in the one who sent me. To believe in the one he has sent. Right? So again, the gospel, again, we, we're, going, we're, going, we're going back to this. The gospel is not, is not a to-do list. The gospel is not a checklist. The, the gospel isn't, you see, in this text, it doesn't even say your work. But it says the work of God. The work of God. So we've talked about this before. It is finished, right? Our, our calling is to believe the good news of Jesus Christ. He says it right here, believe the one who he has sent, which is Jesus himself. And so they're probably asking themselves, wait, just, just believe? Like, that's it? That's all I have to do? So they asked him again. It's just like talking to a wall, these guys. What's, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? So they're like, okay, it's not about what I do. Okay, we got that part. How about let's make it about what you do? Like, like, what else you got? Like, show us something, like do another miracle, and then maybe we will believe. Keep in mind, these are the same people who had just seen Jesus make food out of nothing. They're like, yeah, okay, that was a good one, but what else you got? Okay? Um, Literacy, since we, so they just had believed this. Give us something so that we may believe. And then they continue. They say, how about this? Verse 31. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're saying, how about you do that for us? You know the manna in the desert? Like, I know you made food come out of nothing, but how about you make it fall from the sky now? And then maybe we'll believe. 
You know, the problem is we can be very critical of, of these people, but don't we do the same thing? Don't we do the same thing? Like, what else, what else, what else you got? What else you got? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that, I saw that miracle. That, that was pretty cool. But let's, let's do one more. Maybe you do one more and then, and then I might believe after you do this one. And then you do that one. It's like, yeah, that was cool. But you know what? That might have been a coincidence. How about you do something more and then I might believe. Verse 32 says, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from, he from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So basically what he's saying here is whether it fall, if it falls from heaven or you bake it, you will soon be hungry. Yeah, even the man in the desert. You know, it lasted for one day except the weekend, right? It lasted two days. But they would eat it and then they were hungry. He says even that manna that fell from heaven, they ate it and then 40 years later, they were dead. Same with us. And the same with the things that we're seeking. Most of what you're working for, a lot of the things that I'm working for, that we're working for, that we tend to work for in life, have an expiration date. Maybe it's not true bread. Jesus is saying, I could have bread grow on trees and you won't believe. But there is it now, he says, a true bread, a true bread that came down from heaven and will not only sustain you for a few hours, but will give life to you and to the whole world. Verse 34, this makes me laugh. This is so funny to me. Verse 34, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Like, they didn't get it. They still didn't get it. They're like, free bread? Hey, I'm in. The more, the merrier. They didn't get the analogy. They weren't understanding it. They had no idea that he was talking about himself. So then he says plainly, verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Talking about me. It's me. I am the bread of life. It's me. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still don't believe. He's saying this, saying, guys, guys, I am in front of you right now. You are looking at me. You saw what I did, and you still don't believe. Um, you know why you're here? Jesus said, you know why you're here? You're here because you want me to do another miracle. You're here because, because of what I have to offer. You're not here because of me. You're here, you're here because of the benefit that you might get as a result of being with me. And you know, the same can be true for you and me. Some of you have seen Christ do amazing things. Some of you guys have seen miracles. You've seen healings. You've seen answered prayers. And you still don't believe. It's not a guilt trip, I promise you. It just, this is what this verse is saying. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, okay, yes, but if he could only do this one thing, this one little thing, if he, do it, if he answers this prayer, I'm in. I am believing forever. Some of you guys are already on the other side of that. You, would, you, would, you prayed for that thing, and that thing happened, and you look back, and you're like, yeah, but you know what? I just don't know yet. Some of you can see the biggest miracle right in front of you, and you still wouldn't believe. See, have you ever been in a toxic relationship? Yes? I heard it, I heard it loud, yes. I'm not going to say who said it, but I heard it, yes. 
I think we all, we're all familiar with those types of relationships. Toxic relationship is when it's all about, like you're in the relationship and there's usually a, a giver and then there's a taker, right? And so one person's the giver, the giver, the giver. This person validates themselves through this relationship, finds purpose, finds meaning, and the other person is the taker. The person is in the relationship just to get as much out of it as possible. And when there's nothing more to give, then that person leaves, okay? That's a toxic relationship. Um, so I'll use a couple of examples here. In, in Chile, I grew up as a missionary in Chile, and um, we moved to a house once, and we moved to this house, and all of a sudden I had a bunch of friends. Like friends were coming over. I'm like, man, this is cool. Like I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more popular now. You know, it's very cool. We lived in that house for a couple of years, and I felt really popular, you know, in that house. And then we moved, and all of a sudden I had like half the friends I used to have. And I'm like, what happened? And then I realized that other house had a pool. My son Matthew, uh, I would take him to soccer as he was growing up, and then my, my brother Nathan in Chile as well. Uh, sometimes I would take Matthew, and sometimes Nathan would take Matthew to soccer. And uh, I remember Matthew coming up to me, and he says, uh, hey, Dad, so who's taking me to soccer today? Uh, and I'm like, uh, Nathan, my, your Uncle Nathan's taking you. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, that was weird. And then the next time, he comes up to me again, and he says, uh, so who's taking me to soccer today? And I'm like, I'm taking you to soccer today. And he's like, oh. I'm like, wait a minute, stop. Like, what's going on here? Like, tell me what's going on. And so he explains it to me. He says, yeah, you know what? Um, to be honest with you, like, my brother Nathan, I mean, my, my uncle Nathan, he, he always buys me whatever I want. Whatever candy I want, he buys me. And when you take me, you never buy me anything. <laughs> so the reason why, the reason why I brought, bring that up is because, because in, a, in, the, in a similar way, that's how we can be with, with Jesus, with our relationship with God. We can have a toxic relationship with God, a relationship that's based on, on what can I get out of it, and then when the blessings are, when the blessings stop, then it's like, okay, I think I'm done with this. And so here's the, the strange connection that I see sometimes in how we understand our relationship with God. There's this connection that, that I think we need to unlearn, and it's the whole idea of the, the, the connection between belief and provision. We have this connection between belief and, and provision, which means that, that, that when God blesses, I believe. But when the blessings stop, we walk away. And so there's something that I, that I learned as I was studying this story that I, that I had heard it so many times, but I learned something when I was studying this feeding of the 5,000 story. You see, I grew up believing that, that Jesus fed the 5,000 to attract these people to himself because of this miracle. But I was wrong. You know, the reason why Jesus did this wasn't, wasn't to attract all these people to himself through the miracle, but was for, for them and for him to be able to, to realize who was going to stick around when the blessing stopped. You see, Jesus fed the 5,000 not to impress them with this miracle, but in order to underscore, this is not why I came. And that's why Jesus says, stop talking about the man Moses in the desert and how you want me to do the same thing. They ate manna and then died. Same here. I could do another thousand miracles, but unless you partake of the bread of life, you're going to die just like them. 
So here's the question. Where will you be when the blessings stop? Why are you here? Why are you in this space today? Maybe you're here and you feel like, like God is close. He's blessing you. That's why you're here. Maybe you, you feel God is far because you're not receiving that many blessings. Why are you here? Are you here for the provider or are you here for the provision? Are you, are you here to, to interact with the, with the one who blesses or are you here just for the blessing? Are, are you here to be in contact with the benefactor or are you just here for the benefit? What will you do when the blessings stop? Why are you here? You see, here's the thing. The blessings that we have, I mean, how many of you guys are blessed? Like, I'm blessed. I'm super blessed. You know, we are. We are. Um, but, but that blessing that we have is a gift. It's not our right. It's a gift from God. In fact, here's the thing. Ask yourself this question. If, if, if Jesus died on the cross for you and then rose on the third day and gave you salvation and then the next 80 years of your life was pure misery, would that be enough? Would you still stick around? Because that's the only thing that we're promised. Is Christ enough for you? You see, Jesus didn't come to give you blessings. He didn't come to make your life better. He didn't come for that. But it's confusing because he does make our life better. He does. I mean, he absolutely does. Um, but he didn't come to give you blessings or to make your life better. Um, but it's confusing because he actually does give us true, he gives us bread to eat. But that's not why he came. He does heal people and we've seen it. But that's not why he came. He does restore families. He does. We've seen it. But that's not why he came. He still brings financial breakthrough in your life. He does. But that's not why he came. You see, Jesus did not come to give you bread so that you'll be hungry four hours later. He came to give you bread, the true bread of life that will sustain you forever. I am the bread of life, he says. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. This is why Jesus came. And this is available for everyone. For everyone. Uh, verse 50 says this. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, referring to himself, which anyone may eat and not die. I love that it says anyone. I love that it says anyone. Everyone's invited to the table. Not just Republicans, not just Democrats, not just pro-lifers, not just pro-choicers, not just round earthers, also flat earthers. Okay, I'll make an exception there. If you're a flat earther, you can't come to this church. It's too far. You got you to put a limit somewhere. But I know this guy, dude, this guy, he's like, he's such a bad guy. I'm like, no, yes, even that guy. If he comes to the table, he's welcome. Verse 51 says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats, he says it again, this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give 
the life of the world, which gives us a little transition into our time of communion. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this before we go into communion. And I'll ask you the question again. Ask yourself this question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Are you here for Jesus? Or are you here for the benefit that you might get? You see, at this point, Jesus was preaching to the, to the crowd. I mean, the, the, it continues. He's preaching to this crowd, and the crowd starts thinning out because he's saying, eat my flesh, drink my blood, because my flesh is true food, and my, my blood is true drink. And they're like, wait, what? This just got really weird. People start leaving. The crowd starts thinning out. It says, verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You see, this was the whole goal of that miracle. You see, maybe you're here and you're doubting God because the miracles have stopped. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave? Maybe you feel like it. It's what Jesus asked the disciples and it's what I ask you this morning. Because if you're here for the blessings... It's never going to be enough. Because if Christ isn't enough, nothing will be. Verse 67. He talks to his disciples, to the 12. He says, do you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter, of course, opened his mouth like always. He's always the first one to talk. He answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He did not say, to whom shall I go? You give us bread that comes from heaven. He did not say, where shall I go? Because you turned water into wine. He did not say, where shall I go? Because you healed the sick. He did not say, where shall we go? Because you walked on water. He did not say that. He said, you have words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is why Jesus came. And if Jesus isn't enough, I've said this before, nothing will be. So I'm going to ask if you could just close your eyes here for a second. Um, I'm going I'm to pray. I'm going to say a few things, and then we're going we're gonna to close here and go into our time of communion. This is a moment for you. This is a moment for you. So I want, I want you to just think about what you've heard and this is, a, this is a private moment between you and God. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me today? And the second question I want to ask you is, Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to let go of? And if you're here this morning and you're having a hard time, maybe you're, you just need an answer to prayer and, and you're listening to this message and you're feeling a little concerned because you're thinking maybe this is never going to happen or this is not going to come through for me or my financial breakthrough isn't going to be a reality. 
I want to tell you that that I'll, I'll pray, we'll always pray for blessings, always. But just like the man in the desert, that's not why he came. He came to give you complete fulfillment. And these little things that we go through, for example, the house that we want or the car that we want or the relationship that we want to have restored, sometimes he'll do those things for you. But that is pointing to something much bigger. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to put all your hope in things that last forever. Christ is the only one that will never disappoint you. The only one. And Lord God, we pray this morning. We thank you for your word. We, we present ourselves this morning just like the, the disciples that were left after everyone had, had left. And we ask ourselves this question. Where are we going to be when the blessings stop? Is Christ enough? I pray, Lord, that we'll walk away with this challenge, not with a sense of guilt, but a sense of actually conviction and asking ourselves why we're here. So I pray for this this morning. And I thank you for your message. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.